Welcome to the best day ever with Vanessa Broussard. So good to see you all here with us today. We are gearing up for campaign season. Uh, 2024 will be here before we know it. And um, we are really keeping an eye on these candidates across the country as announcements start being made on who's running for for office and as you know um, there's a lot of talk about who may be the next president of the United States. Um, being involved in in politics and also RSBN I've had the honor and privilege to travel across the country meeting so many new people conservatives like myself who are really fighting for a better America and one of the the ladies that I've met her name is Elisa Sobel and she's joining us today. Elisa so good to see you. So nice to be here. So let's talk about you. You know, I got to meet you at a CPAC event, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think what inspires me the most about you is that you really uh, got involved in politics at such a young age, um, only when you were 12 years old. Let's talk about that. Yes. So I first got interested in politics at 12. I was in middle school for Obama's second election cycle. And the, the teacher that I had at the time split his class by who our parents would be voting for in the election, thinking at 12, it's not really going to matter. And it would be an interesting research project for people to do to get to know both of the candidates. My parents were not going to be voting for Obama, but all of my friends' parents were. And I don't know if it was of my friend's decision or if it was their parents, but I came out of that class with no friends at all. Um, so I decided if politics was going to be that divisive at 12, I really needed to figure out where I stood so that if I was losing friends, at least I was doing so based on my own beliefs and not just those of my parents. So the only other politician I knew the name of at the time was Sarah Palin. I read her book, Going Rogue, and absolutely fell in love with it. I found out that she had spoken actually at CPAC in 2012, went and found her speech, and then watched every speech I could find from that year. And it kind of became a little tradition for me to watch CPAC each year until I was finally able to attend in 2021, having seen all the devastation that happened with COVID from these people who I thought were supposed to protect me. And they most definitely did not. They did not protect freedom in the way that I would have hoped they would which really made me feel the need to get involved. So since then, I've attended five CPACs and volunteered on two campaigns. Very good. Let's go back to when you were just 12 <laughs> years old in this class. It had to be hard for you as a child to think, I'm coming out of this class now with no friends. So you're really seeing at such a young age how divisive politics is and Walk me through what it felt like, how your friends turned on you at school. I'm, it felt like a betrayal, truly. I didn't understand what the big deal was. I knew adults cared a lot about politics, but I didn't think it would be that big of a deal, especially at 12. And I felt truly betrayed by my friends who I thought were there for me, and they were not for something that it wasn't even my belief at the time. And don't you feel that, you know, we as adults see that the country is divided right now because of politics, and it's really sad. I've touched on this before on my podcast and also when I'm reporting for RSBN. It's really sad that friends do not talk to each other anymore because of a political belief. Uh, family mm -hmm. members don't talk to each other because of a political a belief. So we need to put that aside and understand that 
not everyone is going to believe the same. Not everyone is going to think the same. We need to come together in a, um, a positive, um, as a positive American and speak to each other to get these problems resolved. But like I always say on this podcast, it starts at home. So if the parents are divisive, it's going to carry on to the child, which carries on into the school. So I believe as a parent, we need to teach our children, it's okay if your classmate doesn't believe the same as you when it comes to politics or whatever it may be. If you like basketball, they may love football and that's okay. You need to love your neighbor as, yourself, as, as they are and find the good in them. And I think that starts at a young age because if they're this divisive, Elisa, at 12 years old, just think of what they're gonna be like when they're adults, right? Most definitely. And it truly does start with the parents. If you see that your parents are wanting to shut down conversation of anybody who disagrees with them, it's not conducive to thinking that you can then go out and have those conversations. And maybe, sure, you do disagree with your friends, but that doesn't mean that they are awful people. I'm sure they have reasons for believing what they believe. And who knows, maybe if you have that conversation, they might change their mind or you might realize you can alter some in your belief. It's all about having conversation. And that's just not something our country has been doing a lot recently. Right. And, I, and as a parent, I believe that it's okay to teach your child um, right from wrong and maybe what you you believe and why, why you vote the way that you do. But I think when it comes to those conversations, those are more adult conversations that we need to keep between adults. And there's just some conversations that children should not hear because, again, they're carrying that into the classroom and, and then they betray their friends. And the next thing you know, bullying may start. And so it all kind of trickles down. And so I believe as parents, we need to be very mindful of what these little ears are hearing. And again, if you're a Trump fan, great. Your child can be too. If you're a, a Biden fan and you want to teach your uh, child about, you know, the Democrat Party, that is your belief. But don't let it affect um, your relationship, no less a child's relationship at school. We want to protect our children as long as we can. Let them be innocent. Let them be children. And when they get old enough to make proper decisions, that's when we let them make those proper decisions like you did, Elisa. Again, it goes back to Sarah Palin. I'm a huge fan of Sarah Palin. Love her. So her book really inspired you that much to get involved. It really did. It showed me that specifically a girl, I, I, I don't always love the gendered, topics of conversation, but seeing her, a girl who also has great, strong, conservative and Christian values, just being such a powerful voice for good and for change was so inspiring to me that I knew if she could do it, I could do it as well. And so you did. So, okay, so you take us through this. You read the book. What was your next step after that? Because there are a lot of political books out there that people read. I give some as gifts to my family members at Christmas. So you read this book, and then what do you do? Well, then I wanted to hear more from her, which is when I found out that she had spoken at CPAC that year in 2012. You, you listened to her. Did you get to talk to her then? Did you meet her? No, I actually didn't meet her until this past year for the first time. So about 10 years after she originally had inspired me to get into politics. All right. Well, so CPAC, you go to CPAC. I, too, just got involved with CPAC when I started working with RSBN last year. Um, the one in Florida last January, I believe, was the first CPAC event that I attended. And I'm telling you what, if you have not heard of CPAC, 
if you know about CPAC but have not got involved, that is the organization to get involved in. You know, Elisa, just last week, after the Trump bogus indictment in New York City, um, CPAC sent out an email and said, we're having a prayer with Dr. Ben Carson tomorrow. You can call in. And so it is so easy to be involved. So I just was sitting there with my baby in the living room and I called in and you have multiple people, pastors, Dr. Ben Carson on the line saying prayers for our country, prayers for President Trump. And then after that phone call, you feel so relieved because you feel like you are not alone and there's this huge organization out there they feel the same way that you do and they're and they're fighting and they're praying and we're wanting what's best for our country so cpac is the way to go so let's talk about that anytime there's a cpac event i'm there <laughs> yes as am i this past cpac has been my fifth and which feels crazy to me but i wouldn't miss one for the world it's such an amazing organization and such an amazing event to be a part of. If as someone who watched for eight years and has finally been able to go, I could not go back to just watching because the energy there is just so uplifting to be around many amazing conservatives and Christians who just all are supporting each other and excited to be together. I feel like that's something that we don't get all the time is that close Christian conservative community and to be there with thousands upon thousands of people who are all just uplifting and know that we're all in the good fight together, it's amazing. And you know, you talk about that, and I wanna to touch on this too. When I come home, people always ask me, what was it like? And I really can't put into mm -hmm. words what it's like. The energy at these events, the people yeah. who are just excited, they, they um, have belief that we're gonna, we're gonna you know, turn this country around. And, just the energy in this room, um, actually a big ballroom or a hotel, it is amazing. And unless you're there, I really can't explain what the energy is like. And it's just a positive vibe. And I come home and I feel like, okay, I'm ready to get to work. Where can I start to put my boots on the ground and, and, and start trying to save not just my community, but, but the country? Yes, and there's so many amazing people and organizations to get involved with there. I know specifically they have an area where tons of people can set up booths and those are great ways to go and get involved and meet people who have started organizations that span across the country where you can start making a difference if you don't quite know where to start. And if you want to get involved with CPAC, you can go to conservative.org. That's the way to do it. And um, just really, you know, watch and follow them on social media. They have um, a uh, show, too, that they put on uh, every, I guess, weekly. And um, once you sign up for their, their newsletters, you can get the emails, too, and, and they'll show you how to get involved. I want to go back now, Elisa, to your experience in school because, again, I'm a mama bear and I really love um, the idea of protecting our children, especially in this day and age. Unfortunately, we live in a society where I feel like the children are being brainwashed and warped uh, at such a young age. But there are um, organizations for young adults to get involved in. So you talked about you know, your school days, when you get into college, it's the same thing. I just spoke to a woman the other day on my podcast who talked about um, how 
difficult it is in college, not just with the kids, but also the professors. And so it's the first time that kids are really away from their parents. They have negative influence a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times on these campuses. And so I think that they need a strong foundation at home uh, to go out into the real world and say, nope, that's not the way it's going to be. I have my own beliefs and I'm going to stand firm on that. But there are organizations that kids can get involved with and students can get involved with to kind of help them navigate through that process. There are. So as you were saying, it's particularly about on college campuses, and that's something we don't hear a lot of people talking about. It's the first time many students are away from really the influence of their parents. And hopefully that's normally a good influence, but beside the point. <laughs> so for colleges, you are all of a sudden put in a situation where you are by yourself. You can make all of your own choices predominantly. And especially in state-run colleges, unfortunately, most of the professors are incredibly liberal and teach in a way in which you almost have to be a liberal yourself in order to even pass the class. You have to pretend in order to make the grade because otherwise they won't pass you and the school won't do anything about it because they believe the same way. And then you're mixed in with students who fall into that echo chamber. And so you're not only alienated from getting maybe good grades if you're a conservative, but then you also don't have a friend group because everybody else is in that same mindset. I just don't even know what to say when it comes to that because this is not the first time that I've heard um, the situations and what it's like on college campuses. I hear it all the time. And again, we're going to preach it until we're blue in the face. Parents, watch what your children are learning. Even when they're away from home at college, they need to really pay attention to what your students are learning in the classroom because as you said, these professors and these students, they can really um, warp the minds of, of a young adult. And so, you know, there are different organizations, again, there too, that students can get involved in, whether it's a church organization. There are plenty of those whenever I was on campus. Um, I don't recall, you know, this was many moons ago, but I don't recall many political organizations. But, you know, that's, this is where... Um, Charlie Kirk's organization comes in. Um, there are so many college campuses now that have political groups that you can get involved in. And I think that's amazing because it's preparing you for the real world once you graduate college. Yes, I know my campus didn't have a turning point chapter when I was there. I don't know if they have one currently, but that wasn't an option when I was there. I know it would have been great if they had one, but if your campus does have one or has a similar organization, I know some go by different names, but it's always great to just look through the roster of all the different official clubs that are on your campus to see if there might be one that could offer you that really conservative community, that conservative Christian community even better, that you really need to succeed and feel welcome on college campuses anymore. And I really want to um, hit on this really quick. Um, just last night, I saw Charlie Kirk that we're talking about him. Charlie Kirk posted it on his Instagram story that if you don't have a chapter at your school, here's a link to um, start a chapter. So if there's not a turning point chapter at your child's school or at your school, whoever's watching right now, uh, bring one to your local college campus. Bring one to your child's university. Uh, you can start one. And 
you can maybe just bring a friend and then you know that friend can bring a friend to the next one next meeting but you can um, start a chapter I know we're talking about turning point but like Elisa said there's many different groups on campuses now that you can get involved in and if there's not start one because we have to start somewhere and you can do it you know and if you have any questions yeah. on how to do it you can just send me an email and uh, I'll work with it uh, work through it with you and we will we will get it done because we really need to focus on the next generation coming up get them involved and uh, you know because older adults aren't going to be here forever so we've got to save our country even with the youngest ones coming in Elisa, you also worked on campaigns too. We talk about a lot of times how people can get involved locally because um, people want to, they want to help, they, they want to get involved, but they just don't know how. You worked on two campaigns. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so I started here in Tennessee where I've been born and raised with Robbie Starbucks Congressional Campaign. Now, I know there's been a lot with Robbie Starbucks congressional campaign. Unfortunately, he was thrown off the ballot for reasons that I don't personally agree with. So that unfortunately did not end the way that we were hoping it would. But then I ended up traveling across the country and renting a house in Arizona to help um, volunteer on Carrie Lake's gubernatorial campaign for the last about month and a half of it as well. Carrie Lake, she's amazing and she's still fighting as well. Don't you feel that Kudos to these candidates, right? I mean, we feel like they're cheated out of winning, um, and we can go into mm -hmm. cheating allegations all day long, but they don't stop, you know? And that's why I love President Trump. That's why I love Carrie Lake, because they are attacked, and they are attacked, and they are attacked. I personally don't think that I have the energy in me to do it, because I'm just not that person, but I, they inspire me when something little does happen to me, and I'm like, if Carrie Lake can handle what she's going through, I can handle the little issue in my life, right? Um, what was it like, because she's loved by so many people, what was it like working with Carrie Lake? It was such an honor to work with Carrie Lake. I knew from the moment that she announced her candidacy that she was going to be special, and I tell this to everybody when they ask me about her. I met her about a month after she initially announced and I just walked up to her. It was actually at a CPAC event. And I was like, hi, my name is Elisa. I don't live in Arizona, but I just wanted to say that I am a huge fan of what you're doing. And I really hope you have great success because I think you would be a fantastic governor. And she took interest in some of the things that I was doing. And then it had to have been six months after that, the next time I saw her again. And she remembered my name. She remembered things that I was working on and was just so engaged, which you don't all the time get with politicians, especially, which why I don't really think she's a politician. I think she's just a genuine human who cares about this country and wants to see it be as great as it can be. And so it was such an honor to actually be able to go out there and do whatever I could possibly do to help and make, try and get her elected. I know for a fact in my heart we are not done seeing Carrie Lake. No. She has big plans ahead. She's in it for the fight. She's in it for Arizona. She's in it for her country. And um, her, her Carrie Lake is just starting. Like she's going to be around for a while and we're going to have her back. You know, I think it's the Carrie Lake campaign that really started the Mama Bears initiative. When we saw all the Mama Bears, uh, 
surrounding her and rallying around her. It took off across the country, and now I'm always using the term, I'm a mama bear, because I am. I'm protecting my little cub. And so she really has started so much and raised, you know, she's opened so many eyes. Um, and we say it on this podcast, too. I think it's going to be the women that save this country. I honestly believe it is as well. You are politicians are realizing that you do not get between a mom and her kids because that is where something changes. She might not vote on some of these big ticket items that most politicians are campaigning on, but she will vote to protect her kids. And that is something you can count on. Absolutely. We love Carrie Lake. So, um, so you worked on Carrie Lake's campaign as well. What now, what are you doing now? Now is kind of, up in the air. I'm waiting to see what's next for me. I would love to move into the political space more full time, but don't quite know what that's going to look like yet. You know, I I came from mainstream media, worked as a news anchor in my hometown my entire career. Uh, I was a producer, executive producer, a reporter, and then moved into the anchor role. And I was so blessed to work in my hometown and around all my family and friends, and I love my community. But it was when I had my baby, It was right at the time that I started seeing, you know, President Trump came in and said fake news, right? He started the whole fake news slogan. And as someone who worked in it, I could really see what he was talking about. Like I knew because I lived it, I breathed it, I was there every day. So I got out of the news just in time to have my baby. And I was fortunate enough to land a role with Right Side Broadcasting Network um, three months, four months after my baby Marty was born. And now I really see, like, I love it, Elisa, because I could go to work, cover these rallies, talk about what I feel, talk about what I love, talk about my beliefs. And I don't have anyone telling me, no, you can't say that. Oh, no, that's not what we, you know, getting corporate emails on, you know, we're not going to air this video in its entirety. We just want the public to see this part of the video. Um, I could go on and on. But... I think that everybody has to, no matter what job you're in, don't let corporate America tell you what you can and can't do, right? Um, That's what makes our country free. We're free to believe what we want and to an extent say what we want, but it wasn't until I got with RSBN that it really, really hit me. What was I doing all of these years? I was under the thumb of corporate America, and now, um, never in a million years did I think that I would be working in politics. But I love it because it can be stressful, right? You know, as you know, there's always something going on in politics, but you know you're doing good. And whether that's with, you know, a local campaign, getting um, on someone's committee, volunteering, working at um, the polls, or going as far as I've gone to right side broadcasting and uh, you know broadcasting across the world, it doesn't matter. It's so rewarding at the end of the day knowing your cause is what you believe in and we have work to do and nobody is stopping us from doing it. So like you, I don't know where my future is heading. I don't know. You know, I'm with RSBN, I have this podcast now trying to reach as many people as we can, but what's next? We don't know, Elisa, but we know we're in it for the fight and we're going to land somewhere. Yes, and we need more young people specifically to get involved because honestly, we're going to be the face of this party going forward. 
And if we don't get, we need to get involved now to build that foundation and to really show what we're here for. We're not all, not all young people are diehard liberals. And that's really something we need to get out. Absolutely. I agree with you. You know, my mom and I were just having that conversation the other night that just several years ago, when you thought of young adults, teenagers, um, young adults in their early 20s, you thought liberal, you thought Democrat. Mm -hmm. But what we're seeing now, just a few short years later, is more of these young people are saying, hmm, something's not right here. Yes, I don't have um, taxes to pay. I'm not out in the real world. I'm not seeing all the struggles like an adult sees. You know, I'm not having to pay for astronomical prices and, and groceries and gasoline. Um, I don't have a 401k yet that's plummeting, but I'm seeing what's going on and we're seeing more young adults really becoming aware and um, knowing at a young age what's right and wrong, but we need more of that. Like we just, we can't yeah. stop now. We have a fight ahead. And I think that's what the Democrat party has been good about in the past years is really getting to the younger kids. They still are in a negative way trying to brainwash our children, but we need to make sure we install, instill the proper values, Christian values, um, respect our veterans, respect human life, pro-life, right? It's not okay to go, you know, sleep around and just abort any child that you have. Mm -hmm. I could go on and on, but we have to make sure that these children are not brainwashed by the Democrats. We need to keep reaching to them, keep getting to them, so that way they can make their own decisions and know right from wrong and then ready to go out in the real world and save our communities, save our states and our country. And that is my, I'm on my pedestal right now. <laughs> <laughs> No, absolutely. It, thankfully, COVID did wake a lot of people up. It woke a lot of parents up to what was going on in schools for the younger kids, but it also woke a lot of students up for what was going on in their universities and what was going on in their communities, all of a sudden realizing that, hey, I can't go into any store without a piece of cloth over my face. I feel like that was what woke a lot of people up. Now, there's still tons that need to be, but we've started building that community of bold and loud and proud Christian conservative young adults who are not going to back down. We are not going to stay quiet. We want as many people in this next coming generation to realize what's going on and realize the lies that they're being fed. And so it's great to have something like RSBN and this podcast here where it's good media actually giving a voice to people who don't have the popular the popular opinion of this indoctrination being a good thing. Absolutely. Well, I am proud of you uh, for fighting for our country, fighting for these candidates that are very conservative and want to instill conservative values in, in their uh, respective states. That is, um, if people want to follow you and maybe uh, ask questions about, you know, you read a book, I read these books, how can I get involved? If they want to reach out to you, how can they do so on social media? Absolutely. So I've read tons of books. I have lots of great book recommendations, if anyone's curious. But I am at Elisa Sobel with an underscore at the end because somebody always has my name. But so that's at A-L-I-S-A-S-O-B-O-L with an underscore. And that's on both Instagram and Twitter. 
All right, sounds good. Elisa, it was so good talking to you. I'm sure I'll see you at the next CPAC event, and I hope that I will all of there. our listeners and viewers will uh, get involved with CPAC as well, and they can meet us at the CPAC event, and we can get to talk to them and uh, put our, again, boots on the ground, and we've got work to do, but we're, we're doing great. People, they're, they're waking up, their eyes are open now, and uh, we just got to make sure we keep that momentum going. Absolutely. It's so important to get involved however you can. Even the smallest amount helps so much. All right, Elisa. Well, we will uh, see you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm proud of the work that you're doing, and um, we'll be in contact and following you on social media to see uh, where your road takes you. So thank you again for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And thank you so much for joining us today on The Best Day Ever. I'm Vanessa Broussard. Always a pleasure to see you and, and hope that you continue to subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's Best Day Ever with Vanessa Broussard. We're also on all the platforms where you can listen to a podcast. Also, we want to thank Southeast Texas Express for allowing us to use the studio today. That's Southeast Texas Express. They're on your phone, on an app, and also on Roku, so make sure you give them a follow as well. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you right back here next week.